If you're like most Americans or if you're just a human being, the holiday season can be an extremely stressful time of year, not just because of shopping and get togethers, but because of family trauma as well. And this episode is going to talk all about how to prepare, how to cope and what to do when you're in those sticky situations. You're listening to the Purpose Filter Podcast, the show that shares deathbed wisdom and actionable shortcuts to help you live a better life. I'm your host, Dr. Louis Kathy Zhang, hospice palliative care doctor, certified coach and hypnotist, and my mission is to help you improve your quality of life while you still have the time to enjoy it. On this week's episode, we're talking family gatherings, family drama, how to prepare for it, and what to do because I share with you the best tried and true methods that we use in hospice and palliative care when we deal with high conflict family meetings and gatherings so that you can use these strategies for yourself as well. Take a listen. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week here on the show. So as you heard earlier, because we are almost upon Thanksgiving, actually the day that this will release is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So it feels pretty appropriate to talk about this issue, which is how to deal with family drama over the holiday season. And, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine recently who was telling me about having sibling and parent drama and all of this stuff. And it just struck me so much because I'm an only child, right? I always, always wished for a sibling. I was like, oh, please just give me a baby brother, a baby sister. Like they would be my best friend. And, you know, we would go everywhere together and life would be so much better and I wouldn't be so lonely only to realize that that is not always the case with siblings or just family dysfunction in general. And so because of the holiday season, New Year's coming around the corner, let's talk about how to cope. And I want to share some palliative care tips because if there is one thing I know, it is managing conflict in big groups. I recently walked into a family meeting in the hospital and I actually counted. There were 13 people, family members in that room. In the past, I've had to stop people from arguing. I've had to stop people from fighting, like physically fighting. Luckily, it's been a long time since that has happened, but still it happens. So when I go into a meeting that I know might be stressful or that I know might have high conflict, I prepare ahead of time. And so do my colleagues who work in hospice and palliative care. For you, when you're going to, let's say, a family gathering, you've decided that you're going to be there, that sort of thing. Ask yourself, who is going to be there? Who can you turn to for support if things get difficult? Like, do you need to bring someone with you? Do you need to beg an extended family member to be like, I need you to be there. Otherwise, I will not make it, right? Who do you need to ensure is not there for you to feel safe to attend, okay? And I don't mean physically safe. I don't just mean physically safe. I also mean psychologically safe for you to attend because that tends to bring up a lot of dread, a lot of anxiety and stress even before going, okay? And then another question is, under what circumstances do you need to take a break? 
What has to happen for you to be like, oh, I got to step away, okay? Figure that out in your mind first. And then also, what is your exit strategy going to be? Now, this is used for businesses. It's used for bad dates, right? And obviously, it, it can apply to holiday family gatherings. If you have to step out, where are you going to go? Are you going to go for a walk? Are you going to go for a drive around town? If you leave early, how will you get home? Are you going to need a designated driver? Is there going to be a train, a bus, a plane that operates at whatever time of day that you decide to leave? The more prepared you are, the more options you feel that you will have and the more empowered you will be. And that is always good news in the face of stress and conflict, okay? The second thing, which you will probably have heard everywhere, is to talk about boundaries, right? I've said this before in boundary episodes in the past and other ones. There is a difference between setting a boundary and also maintaining the boundary. So you set the boundary. You're like, you know what? I do not want to talk about, I don't know, like whether or not I'm having kids, okay? I don't want to talk about my weight. I don't want to talk about our estranged uncle. Whatever it is, you set that boundary. And what's more important than setting the boundary is maintaining it. It is enforcing it. Here's what I'll say about this. There are people who cross boundaries, especially repeatedly, okay? They are very good at picking up body language and subtle signs to see who they can do this to. Now, fair enough, some people are who are boundary crossers are very oblivious to it. And there are some people who are very, very intentional about it. But you know that they won't do it to some people and yet they'll do it to others. All the more reason to be clear about your boundaries and to enforce them, not because there's something wrong with you, is because those types of people look for easy prey, okay? And so when it comes to maintaining boundaries, you're like, look, I'm just, I'm not going to talk about that. Thank you for asking. It's just not something I'm comfortable discussing. You can leave it at that. Stay calm. Do not engage. You can change the subject. You can distract them with something. I talk about pattern interrupts a lot because if you've ever had a conversation with someone and then, I don't know, your phone rings and it's just like, oh, my phone rang. And then you, you know, shut it off or you put it away. And then you come back to the conversation and you go, oh, wait, what were we talking about? Oh, I don't really remember. That phone call was a pattern interrupt. It literally kind of just, it causes a momentary disruption. And that momentary disruption is enough for us to forget our train of thought. And so you can use that. You can implement that intentionally to, in a way, distract people from a topic or something that you may not feel comfortable discussing. Okay. You could just play and walk away too, if you feel comfortable doing that as well. So Another thing is communication. And so, as you know, we as hospice and palliative care people, we are trained in communication. So one of the things that is really, really helpful are the three W's. If you've listened to this episode before, it will be familiar to you. And if not, I will put the link in the show notes so that you can listen to it. I think it's like 14, 15 minutes long, shorter if you speed it up. 
but it's really helpful. But I'll briefly go over them here. They are, I wish, I wonder, and I worry, okay? So sometimes when, let's say, hey, do you want to come to Thanksgiving dinner with all the extended family members that you really don't like? You could say like, oh, you know, I wish I could, and then just leave it at that. That is essentially a no, and you are aligning with them saying like, you know what? I wish I could. Again, it'll talk more about this in the episode. There are caveats to using the I wish statement, but it's a way for you to communicate that you're saying a no, but it's like a, as my colleague called it, a loving no. All right. Now, the second one is I wonder. So let's say someone at the dinner table, you're sitting around, whatever, they make a suggestion that you think is just absolutely ludicrous, right? Instead of saying that is a dumb idea, which tends to, you know, incite some emotion, you could say something like, I wonder if we could, I don't know, try something different, right? And then you can use whatever example you want, but it lands in a totally different way. And you get to suggest, you get to wonder what's threatening about wondering, right? You're just wondering, you're just using your imagination. It's a way to use words in a manner in which is palatable to many different people and many different personalities and sensibilities. The third one is I worry. And this is what we call a warning shot. So if let's say we as the medical team already know that, hey, this looks like it's metastatic cancer, it's spread to a lot of places, and that we're not sure if this patient's going to make it to even chemotherapy, we might say something like, I worry that the cancer is spread and it might be really difficult to be strong enough to receive chemotherapy because sometimes you don't want to just throw bad news at someone immediately. You may need to give them time to digest it a little bit, right? And so you can use this at your family gathering or whatever it is, like, you know, to be like, hey, Uncle Bob, I'm worried that you're drinking a little more than last year. Or, hey, I'm worried that what you just said might sound racist to someone else. Whatever you need to express, worry signals that there is compassion and concern instead of being accusatory to be like, you're an alcoholic, you're a racist, right? It just lands a little bit differently and you can still get the same intended effect at the end of the day. Okay. So the next topic I want to talk about is to manage your own well-being. It is so, so important. Please take a break, go for a walk, lock yourself in the bathroom and breathe or cry it out if you need to. Call your best friend and vent for a few minutes. Do what you need to do to take care of yourself, to take care of your physical, mental, emotional well-being. Eat, drink water, consume alcohol in moderation because we know alcohol and family gatherings tend to get messy, right? Yeah. And the final thing that I want to mention is to be mindful of interpretation, okay? And I want to put a caveat on this first. 
it's not to say that we are excusing other people for saying what they're saying and kind of absolving them of responsibility. That is not it at all. What I want to mention here is for us to feel empowered over our own self, over our own situation, over our own reality, and to differentiate what we can control, what we cannot control, what we have influence over, and what we do not have influence over, right? If someone says something to you at a family gathering, just remember that someone else's words have power over us because of how we respond to those words. Again, not absolving them of being a bad person for saying those words or being rude or anything like that. That's not the case. It is managing how we respond when someone says things that we cannot control. You know, I follow a creator who shared that she gets haters who call her fat and ugly, of which she is neither. And she's like, actually, you know what? I have an incredible body image. I think I'm really hot. I think I'm really sexy. So those comments of being fat and ugly don't hurt me. But if you tell me that I am a bad creator, I'm not good at making video content. She's like, I will collapse into a pile of tears, right? And so it was so fascinating to me because someone else could get the exact same comment from the exact same hater and feel totally differently and be like, oh my God, you know, they called me fat and ugly and blah, 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 and have a different reaction because of how they feel about those words. And it's less about the words and more about what we feel those words represent at a deeper level. And I want you to remember this, the amount of pain that their words inflict on you is inversely proportional to your level of confidence about that topic. I will repeat this. The amount of pain their words inflict on you is inversely proportional to your level of confidence about said topic, right? So what happens is if for some reason these words kind of sound like the words that I say about myself, like, oh, someone's being like, oh, you know what? You're not a good podcaster. And now other people are saying it too. Then in my head, it's like, oh, it must be a real problem, which then triggers an emotional cascade of imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough. They've discovered me. I'm a fraud. No one will love me, et cetera, et cetera. It's a vicious cycle, right? When I was younger in college, I did not like telling people which college I went to because deep down, I felt very ashamed that it wasn't an Ivy League school because that was what I was fed from a young age. You have to go to an Ivy League, all this stuff. I don't feel that way anymore, obviously. Back then, I was younger, I did. And I was stressed and anxious about that because when they would say like, oh, you go to City College, it triggered my own shame because I felt a certain way about it. And my self-confidence in that aspect of my life was very low. Same thing when, let's say, your aunt asks if you're married yet, or your cousin says you gained weight from last year, or grandpa is like, why don't you get a real job instead of working on your business, right? Again, it's their words. We cannot control their words. We may be able to influence other people, but ultimately we can't control them. 
And actually, one of the tricks that I like to use with clients, I had one client who was talking about her ex-husband and she was getting really worked up. And she was saying like, my ex-husband says that I'm a bad parent. And it was very charged. It was obviously very emotional because obviously no one wants to be called a bad parent or a bad person. And so we scaled it back to its essence, which is man says words, (laughs) right? It sounds so simple. Man says words. And as soon as she heard it, she started laughing because it takes all of the charge all of the trigger away from it. It's not my ex-husband is saying something bad about me. It's just a man. He is saying words and that's it. It is neutral, right? And in that way, it's a momentary dissociation to separate the words from you and the emotions that you have about what those words mean to you. And so my goal as a human is to be so sure of myself. My goal as a coach is for you to eventually be so sure of yourself that it doesn't matter what other people say or do. We cannot, cannot control them. People are going to say things. People are going to be rude. They're going to be pushy. They're going to step on your toes. They're going to violate your boundaries. How do you handle yourself when they do? Not if, when. I want us to ask ourselves the questions like, are my reasons good enough? Do my thoughts and feelings and emotions also carry equal weight as the judgment of others, as the judgment that I'm afraid they are going to pass on me? And it's not in a narcissistic way. I'm not speaking to the narcissists in the room. I'm talking to the people pleasers as a reformed people pleaser, you know? Can you still be worthy of love even if, I don't know, you don't attend Christmas dinner? Will you still be good enough even when you enforce some boundaries at Thanksgiving? Can you still have your own back even if, let's say, worst comes to worst, your family disowns you or they turn their back on you? And not everyone is ready for that. And I'm not saying you have to do anything drastic or anything that you're not ready for or not comfortable with. And I'm saying that you have more choice and more agency than you think you do in these situations. And if you can remember that, just that, in the heat of the moment, that's progress. So there you have it. Hopefully this episode was helpful for you to know what to do to prepare for a potentially stressful family gathering over the holidays or even in the future as well. If you like the show, this episode, please leave a rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts. You can rate the show on Spotify as well and share these episodes with your friends, your social networks. This is how we get more and more people to feel more empowered and in control of their own lives while they still have the time to enjoy it. So as always, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. I'll see you on the next one.